0: Okay, everybody. I wanna thank you from uh, the bottom of my heart for making time to join me today. I got a feeling that um, like me, a lot of you were just frantically reading the text of the agreement that was just put on so the the signing of the agreement was supposed to happen at eleven thirty, but like most things in d c it happened late so um, I think it was signed at eleven forty six I believe um, was one of the when the, um, the press release happened so we've got a lot to cover what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go over some 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 quick insights on what I've been able to read in the past I don't know 20 minutes go over the talking points from the USTR and then we're gonna review a couple of things on the um, on the actual uh, document that sounds like fun huh so welcome to a very interesting joint trade geek podcast live and a very interesting trade school live Q&A that I decided to put together I guess at the last minute isn't technology great I think it's great you know um, here I am not even a couple hours away from deciding that we needed to have a conversation and boom I'm live uh, talking about a document that was dropped just a few hours ago so, hey, are we sitting here doing a big happy dance because the, the pain and the terror is over with? Am I going to pop a bottle of champagne and, do, uh, and, and just douse myself with it with joy? Because um, everything, I, it's not. No, it's not that much of a happy day, everybody. There's a lot of great news and a lot of cool stuff for us to celebrate today. But most of what has made it a very painful year and a half, unfortunately, looks to still be in place. So although we have a lot of things that we can certainly be happy about today, there's um, still a lot of bad stuff that we've got to cope with, and that's that's mostly in the form of tariffs. But at least there's a there's a tunnel that we can go into with a light at the end of it. We weren't even in the tunnel before to get to a light, but we're we're heading towards the tunnel now. So there's there's hope for us all. What I'll do is um, when this when this is over with and I send you guys the recording, I'll make sure that a copy of the the total agreement is there as well. For those of you who follow me on LinkedIn, I did send the, um, I did post the full agreement on LinkedIn about 20 minutes ago, I guess as soon as I got it, I posted it real quick and I started reading it as best as I could. So I will refer to that. I'll skip from here to the final agreement and we'll go back and forth. It's going to be a pretty manic couple of minutes here. I want to thank all of you for coming, um, particularly so many of you from my competition. It's very sweet of you to come to me for your analysis. Um, and, and here we go. So some real quick things. Before we get to all the things that are great news, some things that this does not cover. Okay. So first and foremost, it doesn't cover hacking. All right. This is um, this is big. So one of the major issues that was brought up by all of those CEOs to President Trump when he asked what we could do to help from the White House was this um, what was believed to be just prolific hacking by state sponsored entities to steal technology and and concepts by Chinese companies or by Chinese state run entities in order to engage in. um, building up new businesses in China. And this agreement doesn't cover that. And I kind of wonder, how is the state going to stop that? So first of all, the state would have to admit that it was supporting it, which I got to believe is going to be hard to do. And then second of all, they've got to say, well, we're going to stop people from hacking and stealing secrets. Uh, people are hacking and stealing secrets in the United States. And I don't think that the U.S. government can guarantee that people are going to stop hacking and stealing secrets in the U.S. So this This is going to be a tough one to crack unless there's some sort of a joint agreement. They're going to work together to do it, which would be fascinating. The second thing it doesn't do is um, it doesn't break apart the state subsidy issue, which has been in place for as long as I've been working longer than I've been working in this business. China, let's not forget, is a centrally controlled communist country. And as a centrally controlled communist country, they have the ability to do things that other nations don't like decide to wholly invest in particular industries. And they do that. They do that pretty often. I know with my glasses, I look like bubbles from trailer park boys or one of those um, goldfish that have the giant eyes, the Copernicus goldfishes. Uh, I apologize for that. I'm sure it's quite distracting that. And I am a very handsome man. So you put those two things together, it's going to be hard to pay attention. I know Um, And for those of you have questions, you can put them in the Q and A section, and I will answer them as we go through this. Okay, so um, they they don't they don't focus on that specifically, which I guess is okay, because we already have mechanisms to deal with that through the WTO, and and through through typically U.S. means through anti-dumping and countervailing duties. So I don't I don't really think that that's a big, big problem. I know it's a big problem from the mindset of American companies dealing with that foreign. Competition, but we already have a way to manage it. It's not the best way. A lot of what you're going to see as we go through these slides is American desire to to circumvent to circumvent the WTO, and that's something I've realized over the course of the past year. A lot of what's being done here by the USTR, by Minuchin, by Leitheiser, is the ability for the U.S. to circumvent a global I hate to call it uh, you know, a global entity, but it, it's kind of what it is, and to do things bilaterally between these two countries. And this is certainly what's happening here. The third thing, which is the most important, the tariffs are still in place. We're not going to go to list 4B, but for list 4A, the ones that went in place in September, those bad boys have been dropped from 15% to 75 and everything else is still in place. So. Yeah, a lot of really cool things were signed today, and we're going to celebrate those. I am probably going to have a cocktail or twelve tonight. Not going to lie to you, um, but you're still going to have a tremendous number of of tariffs to pay. So for those of you who are engaged in importing from China, who have been paying for these tariffs, you're still going to be paying for them going forward. Sorry about that. It's just the way it is. So I wanted to start off with. Um, um what it was and what it is isn't. so a question was just ask what's a reasonable um, expectation for implementation i believe 90 days is reasonable but i, I could be wrong we're going to look at the document in just a moment here that it, it could be sooner than that it could be sooner than that so we'll take a look at that in just a minute okay so um back to the slides first things first When you look at this document, it is crystal clear, very, very um, strong language. I was not expecting it to be this strong. Very strong language with regards to intellectual property. So it addresses a lot of things that had been really stuck in the craw of American uh, technology companies and, and very strongly lays out expectations for patents, trademarks, copyrights, and puts the onus of enforcement on China the expectation of some sort of of resource assignment by China to deal with the threat of counterfeit at the source. And it it forces China to do it, or there'll be repercussions by America, and they can be done in a number of ways, but as we'll get to in a minute, it will probably be in the format of tariffs. So what what this is saying basically is, is China is signing off on if people continue to steal from the United States in whatever form. It, it can be handbags. I mean, it's, it's going down that, that list, handbags, pharmaceuticals, automotives, movies, whatever, cosmetics. It could result in a, um, an enforcement action by the US. So it's putting the onus on China to actually get more engaged and they've agreed to it. So that was massive. Absolutely massive. You'll, you'll also note um, that the president said today in his speech that China has agreed to and is con- it will continue to agree to crack down on the exportation of fentanyl. And they've, there's been apparently um, some real progress in that vein, and they will continue to. What's interesting is is uh, you, you crack down on fentanyl, the next chemical modification of that, so the you know the next synthesizing chemical beyond fentanyl comes up, which has the same effect. So. You break down on fentanyl, something else awful comes comes back from that. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what that is. Um, I'm not sure if I should look at questions as we go through this or one at a time. Um, Do I think for you'll be retroactive? I do not. I do not. I I actually asked this question of a friend of mine today in D.C. And uh, the laughing over my phone was loud enough to hurt my ears. So, no, I do not believe that there will be any retroactive refunds by anyone uh to anyone um on on any of these tariffs so for any of you that were thinking that you're gonna get your tariffs back on 4a or or 1, 2 or 3, I just don't see it happening. I think the government's gonna keep this money. If I if I hear anything different on that, I'll let you know. I, I just don't see it happening. You can kiss those those monies goodbye. Unless you're exporting it of course, in which case you might get those back on a on a drawback. Okay. Uh, next. So technology transfers. This was the biggie that came out of the review. So when we look at the document that we're going to, again, I'll face through a couple pieces of it here in a minute. The idea of joint ventures is essentially over. So you're not going to have to move into a situation where you've got to share your technology and be forced to share. You can now operate independently in that country. Now, does that eliminate the likelihood of someone coming in through espionage no it doesn't does that eliminate the likelihood of someone just stealing the information through reverse engineering no it doesn't but the idea of having another company co-joined with yours and then them having the legal ability and authority to take your technology that's done so through this agreement This was the jewel in the crown. And this was the one that many of us were worried wasn't going to happen. And it did. So this is a real win. And if if and that's my opinion, okay. So many of you might not agree, but this was a a real so look at what the US tier wrote here. For the first time in any agreement, China has agreed to end its long-standing practice of forcing or pressuring foreign companies to transfer their technology to Chinese companies as a condition for obtaining market access. So think of all of the companies now that will be able to operate in China, sell to those consumers, manufacture for global export, and then not have to worry as much. They'll still have to worry, but have to worry as much about their technology being co-opted legally by a Chinese entity. This was the main concern when we went into this, this and the hacking. This is huge. So the The next part of this that they talk about is this idea of due process. If someone believes that their ideas have been stolen, if they believe that there's been a problem, China's committing to open negotiations and talking about it and actually um, having having uh, adhering to licensing, adhering to copyrights and and keeping patents sacred. This is massive. so this is this was a huge, huge win. Uh, probably of all the things, other than the agriculture, the the um, the agreements to buy agriculture and energy and, and manufacturing, this was probably the biggest one right here. So um, you're going to hear a lot about this secondarily. The thing that's going to be talked a lot about because of the politics is going to be the guaranteed exports. This is the one that we should probably pay the most attention to because it was the, the one that was the, the biggest reason for getting in the trade war in the first place. And I was very vocal when I said that if this didn't get accomplished, the whole thing was pointless and we shouldn't have done it in the first place. So I'm very glad that we at least got this one done. All right, I got a question here. What do I got? Um, list 4a is still the same as it was i believe so yes and um you guys need to get on exclusions if you're not doing your exclusions you better get on them i don't think phase two is going to get done anytime soon i think the president is going to use this to um, he's going to use this leverage to make sure that there, there could be mnuchin said today there could be phase, or was leisinger one of them said there could be phase uh, two, to A, two, B, two, C, two, D, two, E. There could be a big long list of what these extra phases are. So you could see parts of all of these things being used as leverage. If you have not applied for exclusions, you better get on the stick, because there there could be issues uh, for a very long time before this thing actually gets resolved. All right. So um, on with the show. Man, I like this stuff way too much. Agriculture there are a lot of barriers. So any any country, our, our own our included, has barriers to importing certain products into the U.S. because of safety uh, concerns. So there have been uh, agreements that have been put in place between China and the U.S. about structural barriers for uh, importation being dropped in China and the U.S. to allow for certain products to be imported. And the big ones, of course, are going to be meat, poultry, seafood, rice, infant formula, you're talking about a country that has 1.5 billion people they have kids yo so being able to export infant formula to that part of the world is a big deal um horticulture products animal feed sorghum being the animal feed we're talking about which is the largest exporter in the world is the united states pet food and agriculture biotechnology we are the world's largest exporter of agriculture biotechnology so this is a it was one thing to get an agreement To be able to export, it's an agreement to have them to agree to buy more American agriculture products. It's another to have them agree to lower or to change non tariff barriers to importing American products. So now we have a a more leveled playing field to the rest of the world to export our goods to the rest of the world. This is massive, positively huge. So now American agriculture producers. Farmers and people who uh, manufacture uh, biotechnology and agriculture technology have a, a much larger uh, market to sell their goods. And they're able to sell their goods into China. A lot of, lot of mouths to feed over there. And people that prefer American goods want American goods. This is a huge win, um, in my opinion. Again, I got, we always stay away from politics. I'm just talking about from a perspective of economics and markets. This is a big win uh, on this particular one here. Financial services, I was not expecting this to be included in phase one. So the ability for American companies to offer their services, banks and credit cards in China without hurdles and impediments. So no discriminatory regulations. If you've ever been to China and you've used their version of Uber, you know that if you use an American credit card, they have higher prices. You know that there are certain e-commerce solutions that you cannot use an American payment term. There are certain banks that cannot operate there. So removing these barriers gives American companies a, a broader scope of being able to produce um, you know, fees and services there. So a, a big part of this agreement of the $200 billion of, of services and, and products being bought out there is uh, is actually financial services. I think it's $37 billion. Or, no, 25 billion. I've got a slide on that in a minute here. That's that's huge. It's positively massive. currency. So I saw this as a as a real a real capitulation by the US and it's sad. We finally said out loud what we should have been saying. Again, we've done it before, we should have stuck to it, which is China is a currency manipulator and they've always been a currency manipulator and we said it and we should have kept at it um the we dropped the designation of them being a currency manipulator on the agreement that china would stop being a currency manipulator so essentially we can't call them a currency manipulator if they're not going to be a currency manipulator we'll see if they follow through with this one i'm not a big believer in this thing going real far um, and when we get to the currency section of the actual agreement, you'll see what I mean. I'm just macroeconomics and communism. I mean, they go hand in hand. That's the whole point. You know, it, it, the whole point of having a communist government is being able to closely control and manipulate everything that you do. That's what you sign on for. Right. You know, and in Russia, they had a joke. They pretend to pay us and we pretend to work. It's all based on a lie. So, you, you lie about what your currency is worth. That's the beginning of the lie all the way down to you lie about what you pretend to produce all the way down to what the economy produces. I got a really hard time believing that China is going to be in a situation to manage this if they have a, a real debt crisis, if they have an unemployment crisis, what, you know, whatever the case may be. This one seems like a real hard one for them to live up to. And I wonder if the United States is going to go through with enforcement if they decide to play around with this one. So, you know, we'll see. I'm not holding my breath. If I did, I'm a very large man. I'd probably pass out. Okay, um, here we go. The one that the president's gonna gonna run on his reelection for. So, the expansion of trade, massive. Two years, two hundred billion dollars. That's essentially doubling U.S. exports. Doubling U.S. exports, and it is big time products. So you're talking about aerospace automotive automotive parts agriculture lng and right now i don't know how much more lng china can buy from america they've kind of they've kind of hit their limit of what they need so i don't know how much more they can buy from us we'll see um the the list is far and wide financial services of course is in there as well services software services this and this by the way is a baseline so the expectation is that they will buy more than this and that this number will increase over time. So I'm not a betting man. Um, who am I kidding? I am a betting man. Um, but, and, and my bet would be, sorry. Um, my bet would be that the phase two agreement will include an expectation of additional guaranteed exports to China in different areas of manufacturing, in different areas of American export production. I don't know what they're going to be, but that number is really impressive. it's, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty scary number to think about uh the agriculture side alone is is definitely going to get some people's attention in the midwest from a voting perspective but china's got to buy it from somebody it's nice to see they're buying it from us think about what this means for ramifications around the globe where were they buying other agricultural products you know where were they buying wheat where were they buying rice where were they buying sorghum pork chicken those countries are now going to have a deficit. Those countries are now going to have an issue where they have um, more than than they did before. They have to find other markets for their products. I think that's going to be interesting. Soy is is fascinating. You know, a lot of the, the a lot of the soy was still being sold out of America to other markets. So it appears that we were still you know producing enough to be sold, but um, not the not the type of soy you wanted to sell this is a an interesting question that i think over the course of the next year we'll we'll have some cool research on on what goes on here but again a, another interesting win all things considered dispute resolution not the win we wanted this was a win for china no mistake about it no mistake about it this is a an l for us it's not it's more of a tie for us how about that i don't want to call it a loss because we do get some form of resolution But it's not what we effectively wanted. This gives China a lot more latitude than I believe that we really wanted. Um, Bilateral consultations. We got a problem, they got a problem. We come together, we have a conversation. We take 90 days to have that conversation. We keep the WTO out of it. And if it turns out that there was a problem, there is an actual way to resolve it. And then there are tariffs that are put in place if there's an issue. Both sides have the ability to bring something to the table right what we originally wanted was a multinational ability a way to be able to handle disputes amongst one another and that's not happening so this is going to get locked up in quagmire this this is this is built this is built for a logjam and you'll see what i mean here in a minute so i'm not very happy with the dispute resolution piece of this um maybe i'll be proved wrong but uh until we see one of these things tested I'm not quite sure how this will move forward. I also don't know if this is retroactive, so I didn't see anything in there that made me feel confident that you'd be able to take something that happened, let's say last year and put it through this resolution framework or if you'd have to use the old framework, the WTO, if there's a, you know, after the signing today after January 15th, this goes forward, or if you could do things that happened in the past. I'll have to double check the agreement to find that out for certain, but I would imagine that this only goes into effect for problems that happened post-January uh, 15th. I don't know if you could take an old problem and bring it forward on this. That would be interesting if you could. All right, so let's look at the agreement in and of itself because it, it is fascinating. Well, it's fascinating to me, but I'm, I'm kind of pathetic, so. Um, All right, let's see here, okay, so here we go, so everybody should be able to see the uh the text of the agreement can someone put in the q a section if they can see economic and trade agreement between the united states of america and people's republic of china just someone go ahead and tell me they can see it yep okay great thank you so much um appreciate that everybody all right okay so um in terms of large scoping agreements here's the first thing i noticed appendices and everything there's not a lot to this guys this is a relatively short document okay for what it's covering this is a relatively short document um lots of appendices lots of interesting parts here the first thing that everybody was asking about um you know when you talk about implementation period it's supposed to be instantaneous i'm not sure if that's if you're able to do that because there's rules that have to be put in place, not probably realistic, uh, but let's start going. We're going to go through some of the things I noticed when I first read this. All right. So uh, let's see here. Intellectual property. Trade secrets. The United States emphasizes trade secret protection. China regards trade secret protection as a core element of optimizing the business environment. The fact that we've all agreed at this point that trade secrets are a fundamental sacred right to the individual that are are protected under the rule of law is a massive step forward. So um, when you go through the ideas of what someone is liable for on this, it's huge. So you go to this part here, number two, electronic intrusions, people stealing things through, um, through, of course, hacking, breach of inducement of breach, unauthorized disclosure. So you're going through all the typical means of what I would consider to be espionage, uh, just blatant theft, technology transfer, um, pushing somebody to go through technology uh, transfer. But this this is one piece here that I thought was interesting. It talks about it, but it doesn't talk about how. China and the United States agree to strengthen cooperation on trade secret protection, great. Awesome. That's like you and your wife saying, or you and your husband saying, we're going to work on our communication. Okay. What's your plan? There's nothing in here that talks about how they're going to work on doing these things. Just talks about, about we're going to work on it, but doesn't talk about how they're going to accomplish it. And that is a recurring theme inside of this unenforceable goals. So as, as you read this, I want you to take out your yellow highlighter and I want you to count how many unenforceable goals you notice because there's a lot of them. These, these you know, high pie in the sky, um, skipping through the lilies, great ideas that we are unable to enforce that sound great. Okay. Uh, the U.S. affirms that existing U.S. measures to afford treatment equivalent to that provided for in this article. So then you get down to Shifting in a civil proceeding, evidence or burden of proof as appropriate shifts to the accused party in a civil judicial proceeding for trade secret misappropriation where the holder of a trade secret has produced prima facie evidence, including circumstantial evidence or reasonable indication of trade secret misappropriation by the accused party. Why is that a big deal? Because look at 2A. China shall provide that the burden of proof or burden of production of evidence as appropriate shifts to the accused party to show that it did not misappropriate a trade secret once a holder of a trade secret produces. Ready? Here's a big reveal. Evidence that the accused party had access or opportunity to obtain a trade secret. So, okay, let's, let's look at this in a real world example. You can prove someone bought something of yours and reverse engineered it. You can prove that someone had access to a trade secret. You hire someone who is involved in cyber and you know cybersecurity who can show the intricate back back doors to show that someone was able to actually gain access to your trade secrets. And you can show some sort of a breadcrumb trail breadcrumb trail to the individual who stole your things. This actually sets up responsibility to the Chinese company to prove that they were not responsible for the theft. This is, this is pretty big. And this last one here, under the circumstances that the right holder provides preliminary evidence that measures were taken to keep the claim trade secret confidential. Okay, so that's the person who is offended. The burden of proof or burden of production of evidence as appropriate shifts to the accused party to show that a trade secret identified by holder is generally known among the person within the circles that normally deal with the kind of information. You're going to have to do a really good job if you're China to prove that this is common knowledge, open information, not a secret. They're going to have to start playing by the same IP rules as everybody else. And China has just agreed in this agreement. Now let's take another step back. How many times has China agreed to something and not done it? They've agreed to to follow through with this and that and then chosen not to do it. Many, 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 many many times. So the, the proof will be in the pudding to see when people roll this thing up and bring something to the attention of the USTR and to see if anybody actually ends up with their feet to the fire over it. That's why the tariffs stay in place. The tariffs stay in place because in the past, they've never actually followed through through enforcement. And that's why we're doing it this way. All right. Um, let's see here. There was another one I wanted to go to in particular. If you guys have questions, put them in the q QA. I will get to them as quickly as I can. Pharmaceuticals got covered. Uh, okay, let me move to another section here. Patents, nope okay, thanks for bearing with me, guys. This just came out, so I didn't have a chance to tab anything. They go over medicines, health and safety let's get to oh uh, no, not quite just a nope. There's only two more things I wanted to cover. I'll let you guys read this on your own, and you can always feel um free to send me stuff here we go technology transfers i want to cover you can feel free to send me questions and i'll be uh, happy to answer them after you've had a chance to digest all this i'm sure we're all gonna end up reading this tonight tomorrow and um, have a lot of questions about it so for technology transfers the idea that you are now going to have to keep your stuff in this in this volleyball match with you and some unrelated party that you're stuck with now is apparently over with so um natural legal persons of a party shall have effective access to and be able to operate openly and freely in the jurisdiction of the other party. You don't have to have a second ob- obligation to another company anymore. Any transfer of licensing or technology between persons of a party and those of the other party must be based on market terms that are voluntary and reflect mutual agreement. So forced technology transfers no more, uh, no longer apply. Hold on, I got a question here. Um, has it been confirmed when List 4A will be reduced or affected? I'm not sure. I, I will not, as I said earlier, I'll not be surprised if it's immediate, but I'd, I'd be shocked. Um, any um, concern that there'll be more, more tariffs are put in place? Not yet. I would not be shocked if there were tariffs put in place on things like rare earth materials if, um, if things went wrong for the phase two of the agreement. Um, Due process and transparency. Again, it's all put in here. Uh, Again, another one of these pie in the sky things. The parties agree to carry out scientific and technological cooperation where appropriate. Highlight that one as another one of these. Well, gosh, doesn't that sound great, but it's entirely unenforceable. A lot of those in here. All right. So, um, trade in food and agricultural products. This one is is nice in that it, again, opens up a lot of areas where we're going to lower non tariff barriers and create cooperation. I think this is another one of these places where you're going to see um, a desire by uh, Chinese companies to be able to export processed foods to America. So we'll see about that. Well, I got a bunch of questions here. Hold on. Um, let's see. Has it been confirmed? Unless four be reduced, I just answered that one. Where does the agreement address four a and the reduction from fifteen to seven and a half? Do you think the new tariffs have to go through the phase one dispute resolution, or can they be added? And will be done by tweet. I think any of this could end up going sideways by 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 tweet. I think what's in the agreement's in the agreement. Um, I don't think that what will be done by tweet will be affected on this agreement. I think that you 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 have other things the president can do that can make uh, importers' lives miserable. Um, most of the stuff that you're seeing here has to do with non tariff barriers to entry. Um, all right. Again, non tariff barriers to entry. Uh I'm sure this is thoroughly exciting to everybody who's watching and listening right now but again you know reading free trade agreements or trade agreements is is never tariff quotas um many of them are being dropped um biotechnology is almost over here all right uh let's see financial services I don't think anybody from banking is really listening today um so you should be fine, but you know this idea of of um, using american American tax, American payment services is is really big. I know a lot of you that are on here today have have traveled to China and, and had to deal with this idea of not being able to use certain credit cards and um, and, and electronic payment services over there. It's a real pain, so that's a big deal. Um, we had a similar problem with India, and it's, it's why our GSP issues went the way they did over there, so that was a pretty big change. Um, This is interesting. Financial asset management distress debt services. Hmm. Um, China shall allow US financial services suppliers to apply for asset management company licenses. So I guess we're going to see very large American asset management companies working in China with Chinese consumers. Hmm. If you were a Chinese consumer, I think that might be something you'd want to do. Well, there's a big one for the president. Interesting okay um this is where they get into in chapter five talking about the the currency manipulation and again i i I went over what it mostly says when i went over the slide we're not going to call them a currency manipulator anymore because they're not going to manipulate the currency and i'm just not buying it you know number four the party shall honor currency related commitments each is undertaken in g20 communiques including to refrain from competitive devaluations and targeting of exchange rates for competitive purposes i don't I just I don't buy it. I think that the first time China sees itself looking down the barrel of a really nasty economic situation, it's going to have a hard time not being manipulating currencies in order to keep people gainfully employed and avoid a real political nightmare. Uh, it, it just it, it doesn't it doesn't pass muster with me. I'm sorry. OK, so the expanding trade section is under Chapter six and it, it really. It gets into the meat and potatoes of it so no less than 32.9 billion above the 2017 baseline on manufacturing goods no less than 12.5 billion um a year on agricultural goods no less than 18.5 billion on energy per year and no less than 12.8 billion on uh, services so you add those all up together in the course of of uh, two years it's 200 billion i believe so it's it's a it's a huge, huge win. And it's based on 20, 2017 baseline, which apparently um, was a pretty good year for the U.S. And um, then they get into the baselines and what those numbers were like. If you look at it for total trade for the U.S., China's is not really a massive trading partner. It's about to be. So those are the big wins. Um, that's truly going on with this. I think from a From a from perspective of what this means for phase two, let's talk about that for a minute. Phase two is gonna be, I think, talking more about cooperation. And I would not be at all surprised if phase two started talking about a true free trade agreement. About delving into the idea of creating a, um, a schema where there were where there partial duty free treatments between the US and China for certain imports. And you can say I'm nuts, but that would be the next logical step where there were certain products for both nations that under the tariff were were free. Um, I think that's a reasonable next step. I think that they're going to have to come up with a cooperative means for dealing with, with, uh, with hacking. There's no other way I can see that being managed. And I'm not sure how they're going to deal with countervailing and anti-dumping outside of the WTO. You know, no one's really unhappy other than the U S and China with the way the WTO deals with CVD and ADD. So we are, (laughs) we are as, as the trade, but I I don't really think that they're they're too entirely unhappy with the way that, that it works. So I'm not sure how that's going to manifest itself. Um, I'll be shocked to see how that's going to work. So I think that's what those next steps are going to be, um, and I, I think there's also going to be broader conversations about how uh, pharmaceutical and medical devices are protected beyond what we've already talked about here, and and maybe the um, the creation and protection of technology for for research that'll probably get put in there as well. But uh, you know, this first step, again, just from my opinion, was more than any of us expected, and it's going to come down to, yeah, this is great. This is great. We, we Wow. Ooh, so impressive. But will it actually get done? I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm a cynical old man. I am not, I don't have a whole lot of trust left in me. I've had my heart broken and way too many people that I care about lie to me. So I've been around long enough to see every single um, friend of the United States back down and not follow through on what they say they were going to do for us and i've seen china uh, on every conceivable opportunity say one thing and then do the other so until i see this actually happen i don't know if i buy it but here's what i will say i'm excited to see that they've taken the step to sign an agreement of such magnitude i'm excited to see that they have put themselves in a situation that could could greatly benefit both parties, and I'm excited to see that the outcome that we had all hoped for appears to be happening given the amount of pain that the trade has gone through. What I'm really not happy about is that these tariffs are still in place, and that we are looking down a pretty ugly road of still being hit with very ugly import duties for a long period of time. If these are not in place halfway through the next administration, I will be shocked. And if you think that regardless of whomever the next um, president is, they're not going to be in place, you're crazy. I don't care if it's a Democrat or a Republican. These negotiations will still continue because of the ramifications on labor unions and on American manufacturing jobs that they supposedly have and on agriculture and on the American farmland, this will continue to be an issue. So um, I'm going to say it again. If you do not have a plan in place to deal with these, you need to get one. Um, We're going to be dealing with this for quite a while. So good news from an export perspective, uh, Huawei is, is still a problem. So that will also be part of these phase two and phase three agreements. I have, a, I have a feeling that that's gonna be one of those two B, two C things. where We begin to address how we deal with all of these sanctions that happened. So if I were uh, a company dealing with, with telecommunications, I'd be probably focused on that. And I would also, um, I, if I were in the aerospace industry, I'd be watching this one closely too. All right. So any questions that you have, you can put them in here now. If not, I'm going to be closing this thing up. So any questions? Um, so do I think the 301 duties will not be going away, even if a new administration comes in? No, I do not. I don't I don't care who gets elected. I don't care if they dig up the corpse of Richard Nixon, run him and he wins like weekend at Bernie's. Right. These will still be in place. Probably throughout all of 2021, I, I don't see all of these tariffs going away. It's possible that 4A goes away. But I don't see all of them going away until China is clearly following all of these. Until we've got um, until, until we have a history of these things working and everyone appears to be doing what they're supposed to be doing. No, I don't. I absolutely do not. Okay. Any other questions uh, for today? All right. Well, thank you. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, yeah, You're all very welcome. We're going to have a trade school next next week. We're going to be focusing on classification. This will be up. If anybody wants to listen to the replay on the Trade Geek podcast, please do listen and subscribe. If anybody wants to get a hold of me and ask me questions, you can get a hold of me at pete.mento at crow.com, i I'll be more than happy to help you. If you need help getting exclusions, if you want to understand what your tariff Burden is, and try to work on that. You can always get a hold of me as well. Be happy to help you work on that. But I think more than anything, guys, get a hold of this. When I send it out, read the entire document, understand it, and let's keep our uh, let's keep our ear to the ground and realize this could change on a dime. But we've got it signed now, so for now, we at least know what's happening with regards to intellectual property rights, and um, we know that we're stuck with these tariffs for a while. So bad news to report to your boss good news to report to your boss. I guess it depends on where you're at. Thanks for joining us. And um, thanks for the questions. And I guess I'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everybody.